0: Hello and welcome to the NLCC Sermon Podcast. Here in a minute, we're going to be listening in on a message on God being with us in the wilderness. But first, let's take a minute and discuss what this message will be about and bring a little bit of extra context into this message. Hello, my name is Preston and with me today is Jody Healy. Hello. Jody, you're giving us a message this week on God with us, specifically God with us in the wilderness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what is one thing, after hearing this message, one thing
1: that you really hope that people remember? Um, the thing that I want people to remember is that even though they can't feel God, that he's still present. And uh, uh, this week we're looking specifically, uh, spending a lot of time looking at Elijah and how uh, he went from a mountaintop to the wilderness. And even though... Um, there was a lot of negative emotions and a lot of uh, sh- struggles that Elijah was going through. God was with him throughout the whole process. And sometimes we don't feel God in 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 uh, the different seasons that we're in, but that doesn't mean he's not with us.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Um, what are some ways that we can try to apply this message?
1: I, fi- I think that when we uh, find ourselves in the wilderness— um, one of the things that uh, we need to do is just think back, think back on how God has been faithful. I look back at my life and how I see God faithful in those, those seasons of uh, being in the wilderness, um, seasons when he's been in the Valley Um, and God has been faithful. And I think it gives us um, hope and courage and strength knowing, Hey, God's been faithful in the past and he's going to be faithful in the future. Um, I also think it's important uh, when we find ourselves in the wilderness, sometimes it's it's so uh, hard to get through those moments that we also need to take moments, and it sounds simple, but to take care of your physical needs. Uh, what we find in the scriptures, we find God physically giving uh, Elijah bread and water, take and eat, I mean... Um, if God's going to do that for Elijah, he would expect us to do that for ourselves, to take care of our own physical needs mm-hmm. in the middle of those tough moments. Okay. Um, and I think uh, remembering his promises, we're talking about Emmanuel, that God is with us, and then holding on to that in those those situations in our life where, man, things are just not not going well, we need to hold on to those promises all the more because uh, the enemy wants to, to distract us and, and pull us away, and it's easy to get in a dark place, but I think we need to hold on to those promises. And lastly, um, I think we reconnect or connect with our, our, our church family. Um, we can't do it alone. We're not meant to do it alone. And so um, we find Elijah, God calling Elijah to, to connect with different people Elijah you're not alone you're not alone here's the people I want you to connect with and so I think it's important for us to not journey through those seasons where um, where we're struggling in the wilderness we need to do it in community and uh, that's why uh, we believe in community groups here mm. uh, attaching because we can't do those hard things alone yeah. and so
0: Thank you for taking the time to chat with us and bring a little bit of extra context into this message.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, uh, you're welcome. And uh,
0: thanks for listening. Yeah. Let's go ahead and listen in on this message on God with us in the wilderness in part of our Emmanuel series.
1: Good morning. Uh, my name is Jody Healy. I am the family pastor here at NLCC, and uh, we are in the middle of a series, uh, a, a life church series called "God with Us." And so we're we're looking at different seasons in our life that we can encounter the presence of God. And so uh, we're uh, we're going to look at. There's a main text of our series. The main text actually comes. It's kind of a famous text. Um, and during this Christmas season, and it's Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, and it says this. The virgin will be with child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, what does it mean, brothers and sisters? Oh, come on, you can do better than that. What does it mean? God with us, God with us. And last week, we looked at how we could experience God's uh, presence in the valley. And this morning, we want to take a look at another word picture that we find in Scripture, and that is a season in the wilderness. Everybody say, in the wilderness. In the wilderness. In the wilderness. And so, how do you experience God's presence in the wilderness? Well, I have some questions, and these questions will help, uh, hopefully help you figure out whether you're in this season or not. Do you feel alone? Do you feel lost, confused, stuck? Are you struggling? Are you hurting and brothers and sisters? if that defines you, then you 're in the wilderness for the sake of authenticity um, me and my fi- uh, me and my family find that we have been entered this season of the wilderness this past week. Um, We lost my mother-in-law quickly and suddenly. And so we're struggling. There's lots of tears. But you know what? God is faithful, and he has showed himself faithful in this season. But you know, I've had conversations with many of you, many of you, are not, see, we're not the only ones. There's some of you who are, um, you're in, in the wilderness as well. See, it might be the, uh, the new mom, the new mom struggling with postpartum and doing her best to put on a happy face. But inwardly, she's just fighting to keep it together. Or it might be a husband or a wife who receives a text from a spouse saying that they're done, that they're filing for divorce. It might be a couple yearning for a baby, but the doctor tells them that they're unable to have one. You see, all of us have these wilderness moments. It might be the employee who who receives a pink slip that says that their company is downsizing, that they're going a different direction, that they're no longer needed. And so my prayer for this message is that it would bring you hope, that it would bring you comfort, that, it would, um, that God would bless you through it. When we take a look at these wilderness stories, they often follow mountaintop experiences. Wilderness times often follow mountaintop moments. And so it's like things are going well, and then bam, you find yourself in a mess. Well, in a small way, I had this experience with my girls this past week. Uh, This Christmas, Meg and I decided to get the girls a special ornament for the Christmas tree. And so um, this past uh, Tuesday, I decided, because of everything going on, we needed a special Yuletide moment. And so I, I got the boxes out. I had a box for Autumn. I had a box for Ember. And I did a big reveal for both of them. And they were excited to see their ornaments. Let me show you. I'm going to show you a picture. They were excited. They were so excited. But there's something i got to tell you about, uh, about these ornaments. These ornaments were very delicately made. So you got to imagine a, a six-year-old and a four-year-old. Um with a delicate ornament, and it, there's this little thing, and there's this voice in the back of my head that says, I need to do something quickly, or this uh, yuletide, joyous, warm moment will change, and there'll be tears, and there'll be crying, and I, I wanted to, to maintain this moment. So what I did is I intervened, and I took these ornaments, and I, you know, I, I placed them low enough so that they would be able to see them, you know what I'm talking about? but high enough for them not to play with them. Because, uh, yeah, and so in that moment, I I, I took the lead, grabbed the ornaments, put the hooks on them. And as I was doing this, um, in a matter of seconds, and I got to be honest, it was like 30 seconds. I want you to, uh, I got a couple pictures to show you. (sighs) Uh Hang on, go back. There we go. Let's see the picture. Maybe. There we go. Okay. So what, what, what happened is my, my uh, oldest daughter, Autumn, she's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. What she discovered is that, you know, the two styrofoam pieces that come together to protect the ornament, you guys know what I'm talking about? That if you take them and rub them, that it creates a snowstorm. It really does. It's just like a snowstorm. Just, and all of a sudden, so she takes them, and she's just rubbing them together, and just this, this styrofoam is just all over the place. It's just it's, it's falling all over the place. And then, then my youngest, Ember, she was like, what is this? And she was exciting, and they were getting into the fun, and they, like, the joy when the ornament just exponentially shot up with this, this styrofoam. I don't know if I, I don't think I experienced that quite that kind of joy. Um, because I'm like, okay. Um and you, you also gotta know that when when my oldest daughter she's doing this, she's singing uh, Elsa. She's like, let it go, let it go. And then just it just it's like a snowstorm. It's a blizzard. <laughs> so needless to say, we will be cleaning up the these styrofoam balls for the next uh probably eight months. Isn't it interesting how life quickly spirals? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, you go from a mountaintop to the wilderness in a matter of moments, just in a matter of moments. That's exactly what happened to uh, Elijah, and we're going we're gonna to spend our time this morning looking at, at Elijah. From a mountaintop to the wilderness, And if you got your Bibles, turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. And what we find is we find Elijah boldly confronting King Ahab, this wicked king of Israel. And uh, he confronts King Ahab and these false prophets. He calls them out, and he calls them out to a divine duel. It was a simple but difficult test. You see, each prophet or prophets would prepare an altar to the, whatever God that they worshipped. And who, whatever God ignited that altar well, would be recognized and acknowledged as the true God. Well, the prophets of Baal prepared their altar and they cried out to their God. And, and verse 29 says it best. It says, There was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. So nothing happened. Well, it's Elijah's turn. After preparing the altar of the Lord and preparing the sacrifice, he decided to add to the level of difficulty by soaking the altar with water. It says that he took four large jars. Now we think jars, we think like this. Now you got to think like this. And he took these four large jars and he dumped them on the altar and he did this two more times. So imagine this altar, altar to the one true God that is absolutely soaked. Well, let's take a look at what happens next in 1 Kings 18 verse 36. It says, at the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and he prayed. He said, O Lord, God of Abraham and Isaac, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done these things in your command. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so that the people will know that, O Lord, you are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. And so you have this simple prayer and you have Elijah praying. And so let's see what happens next. It says, then the fire of the Lord fell and burnt the, the sacrifice, the wood, the, the stones, the soil, and it licked up all the water. God miraculously intervenes. And it, when the people saw this, they, they fell prostrate and, and cried. And they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Now talk about a victory. Talk about a huge victory. Talk about a mountaintop experience. Bold Elijah takes on the powerful King Ahab and all his false prophets, lays out the challenge, reveals, and then in that, reveals the one true God. And God mightily reveals his existence through an awesome display of power, an awesome display of fire. Like if this is a football game, This is the point in the Super Bowl where the team wins and the coach gets a a Gatorade bath. You know what I'm talking about? But no sooner comes the mountaintop moment than the wilderness shows up. So quickly, word uh, word travels back to Queen Jezebel about the events that had took place on Mount Carmel. In verse 2, of 1 Kings 19, it says this, So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah and said, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not take your life like one of them. In other words, I'm ending you. I'm ending you like my prophets were ended. And so there we have it. So in this moment where uh, Jezebel confronts him, we see Elijah's boldness and courage rise up once again, right? Nope. Verse, verse 3 says this. Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life. So let's do a quick recap. This prophet stands down, 450 prophets of Baal. He calls fire from heaven. God shoots fire from heaven, consumes the altar. Then God destroys the false prophets. This prophet, Elijah, he experiences the protection of God. He experiences the provision of God. He knows very well the presence of God. And then through it all, He is able to see God's greatness in a real and tangible way. But then one woman makes a threat, and he runs for his life. You see, that's the state that Elijah's in. Verse verse 4 goes on to say this. "While uh, while, While he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree and sat down under it, and he prayed... He prayed that he might die. He says, I've had enough, Lord. You ever pray that? The prayer of Elijah, I've had enough. It's been too much. And he goes on to say, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And he's struggling. He's in this place. And in this moment, Elijah was dealing with a serious life crisis. He was struggling. And so God, in his grace... In his goodness, he sends an angel, not Clarence. He sends an angel, he sends an angel, and this angel came, and he came, and he gave a message of scorn, telling him how disappointed God was with, uh, God was, uh, that God was with Elijah, right? No, no, that's not what he said. There was no scorn, there was no shame, there was no uh, message of disappointment. I want to take a look at what verse 5 says says this all at once an angel touched him and said get up and eat that's it it's a gentle simple command with an edible arrangement of fresh bread and water and he says he ate and he drank and he lay down the angel came once again and encouraged Elijah to eat and prep for the journey to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. And through God's leading, Elijah takes this 40 day journey to Mount Horeb. He goes to Mount Horeb. Now, Mount Horeb is known as being the mountain of God, it's in the Sinai Peninsula, it's there where God met with Moses at the burning bush. In Exodus 3, it was there where God met with Moses to give Israel the law of God, the Ten Commandments in Exodus 19. And uh, it's also interesting that the word Horeb means waste. It means waste. And so it was in this wasteland that God met with Moses. It was in the wasteland that God met with Elijah. And it's in our wasteland. That God meets with us. The beautiful promise of Emmanuel. Let's read what happens next. First Kings 19 starting at verse 9. It says, Then he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. And he says, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put me to death with the sword and... Um, Put your prophets to death with the sword and I am the only, I am the only one left. And now they're they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, go. Go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. Brothers and sisters, I want us to take note of how God decides to approach Elijah. God decides to meet with him. And it says this, it says, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And then the wind, after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper." When God heard it, he pulled, uh, or when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Brothers and sisters, did you catch it? Did you catch that God met Elijah in a whisper? God wasn't in the remarkable. He wasn't, it was just an ordinary whisper. It was just in a whisper. Head. And, and why is it that when life is difficult, God chooses the quiet? If God wants us to hear him, why why does he whisper? Why doesn't he shout? Well, I believe God whispers because he's close. And he wants us to lean in. Let me say that again. I believe he whispers because he is close and he wants us to lean in. And as we lean in, we, 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 we see him speak words of like, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I have been with you every moment of your life, and I love you more than you can imagine. And when you hurt, I hurt. You see, I am with you in the valley. I am with you in the wilderness. I'm with you in the storms. Why does God whisper? He whispers because He's right there, He's close. So this morning, if you find yourself in the wilderness, I want you to hold on to that truth that God is with you, that He's close and He wants you to lean in. But I also want to give you some tangible steps. If you were in the wilderness, I want to encourage you and give you some tangible steps to help you in this season. The first step I want to give, the first action step is, is refuel your body. Often this is the first area of our lives that get neg- neglected when, we, uh, when we're in a season of struggle. Yet it is very important to take care of our physical needs, to have the strength we need to move forward. What was it that God did when he came and met with Elijah in, in Elijah's dark place? What, what did he do? He sent his angel on a delivery run to bring some fresh bread and water. And God did that twice. And in between those times, Elijah slept. You see, that's what he needed. He didn't need a long lecture. He didn't need uh, complicated Bible verses. He just needed food. He needed water, and he needed rest. So, brothers and sisters, don't ignore your physical needs. When you're in the wilderness, eat, drink, sleep. For those of you who have medication, take your medication. Um, That's important. That's a lesson that I I, I myself had to learn. So action step one, refuel your body. Action step two, recall God's past faithfulness. When we're going through a season in the wilderness, it's, it's important to think about the, the, those moments in life where God has intervened. And I love what the psalmist says in and, and, and Psalm 145, starting at uh, verse 5. It says, I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous work. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness And they shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. I love that. I love that one part that says, uh, they shall utter the memory of your great goodness. And so take a look back. Take a look and see where God has been good and how God has guided. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's easy to lose sight of God's goodness and God's faithfulness. And you know what? He is the same God. He is the same God who led us through the the rough seasons in the past and He is the same God who will walk with you and help you in this current season. So recall God's past faithfulness. Action step three is remember God's promises. When life uh, hits hard, and everything around you is spinning. I don't know about you, when you're spinning, it, 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 you need an anchor. You need something to hold on. And in that moment, allow God to be the one that you press into. And as you do, hold on and squeeze his promises. And let me uh, give you some promises to squeeze on. There's a ton of them. There's lots and lots of promises. Promises like Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his com- covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. What a beautiful promise. Uh, give, let me give you another one. First John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Maybe you need this one, Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in the due season we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And perhaps maybe one of my favorites, Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, it says, Be strong, be strong and courageous, do not fear or be in uh, dread of them, a dread of them, for the Lord your God, who is... uh, For the Lord your God who goes with you, he will never leave you nor forsake you. What's beautiful thing about these promises, most of these promises that we find in Scripture are given to a group of people that are struggling with fear and uncertainty. And so in our own fear and uncertainty, we need to grab on to these and not let them go. So as you navigate through this season of wilderness, uh, find some of these promises, the promises of God. And as you find them, write them out and and place them uh, in your car and on your your mirror and, and everywhere you go so that you can hold on to them so that you can find strength through the promises of God. And remember that these promises, remember the unfailing promises of God. Action step four: reconnect with a community of faith. As I have talked to people um, who are struggling with uh, struggling in the wilderness, one of the words that they use to describe themselves is alone. And uh, that's a dangerous place to be. Uh, my personal opinion is uh, that when you are alone. Um, you're, you're playing right into the hands of the devil. The devil wants to isolate you. And, and so um, we have a tendency to isolate and, and alienate ourselves from others. And yet, when we do, we find ourselves sinking deeper in, and, and deeper into darkness. And uh, there's an interesting thing in uh, our story, our Bible story about Elijah. Um, after God's tender conversation with him, um, after God meeting with him, God gives Elijah a, a job. He gives him uh, a purpose. And he says, Elijah, this is what I want you to do. I want you to connect with others like yourself. Men like Hazel and, and uh, Jehu and, and Elisha. Men to, these were men to, for him to appoint and uh, anoint to be the next leaders of Israel. And then God goes on to tell Elijah, and he says this. He says, yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal. God communicates. He says, Elijah, you're not alone. There are others like you choosing to fight the good fight. Remember that and get connected to these guys. Brothers and sisters, like Elijah, you are not alone. In your wilderness season, choose to walk with somebody. Brothers and sisters, we can't do this alone. We need each other. Life is too, too hard to do it alone. And so God in his grace, God in his foresight, God in his goodness has designed his people to do life together. To do life together. And I know this past week, Many of you have reached out to us and been such a source of comfort and strength for both Meg and I and her family. And thank you. We can't do life alone. And so if you're in the wilderness, you have to connect. You have to be reconnect with a community of faith. This morning I want to wrap these words, I wrap this morning up with these words. The words that I started off with, it's Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It says this, the virgin will be with, uh, with child and, and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. What a beautiful picture what a beautiful word Emmanuel God with us that uh, that through it all I know for many of us we need this assurance we need the assurance of Emmanuel that God has not left that he is ever present in all our seasons no matter what season we're in even in our seasons of wilderness and if you find yourself in a season where you're you're in the wilderness I want to encourage you not to, to go it alone Call us, email us, connect up with us. We want to connect with you. We want to walk with you in this difficult season. You shouldn't have to do it alone. And so that's what the church is for.
0: Well, if hearing this message has given you a desire to speak with a pastor, then we really want to encourage you to reach out. Use the links in the description to reach out to us so we can start that conversation with you. We want to thank you for listening in and participating with us in our sermon podcast, and we look forward to doing it again with you next week.